So you guys want to talk about the Apple event? No. I know nothing about it. Hello and welcome to the Interface. My name is Andrew Logan. With me this week is Chase Mitchell and Ian Fuchs. So Chase, I heard that uh, you bought a shiny new car. It's sitting out in your driveway, but you can only see it through your phone. Yep, that's right. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a new Star Citizen uh, patch. <laughs> oh, that's right. That, that makes sense. I did spend more money on that, yes. Yeah. Did you really? Good. Next, yeah. No. Extra four nine nine nine. Hey, if you want some vapor in your house, you could just go boil a pot of water. There it is. <laughs> God. Oh, wow. Hey, you guys haven't seen this? There was a really cool demo where some guy, like, in like an afternoon hacked together with the new the new Apple AR kit uh like a Tesla simulator so you can like drive a remote control to Tesla in AR that's kind of awesome mm-hmm. yeah it was but really like, cool and and i assume it it's like oh, but, a, a full size virtual tesla yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's like it's remote controlled but yeah it appears to be the same size as a person so wait so they're like looking through their phone in a window Correct. and they're sitting in it yeah yeah i'll post this video, the video right here so, oh, you're gonna turn your volume down because he picked some really cool hard rock and music to put behind it. Of course he does, as you do. A- you know, like it's not AR... perfect, but yeah. Well, like what? So that's neat. Why? Like why didn't it exist as you know a VR app on Oculus for the last three years? Like, so I was thinking about that, and my thought is that VR is interesting, but it's a much higher bar to entry. But also, like when it comes to people playing with it, it's so much cooler to like hold the phone up and see the thing behind you and then also see this thing superimposed on top of it. It just looks, it, right. it just feels cooler for some reason. Like something about actually having to strap something to your face. And I, th- yeah. I think it really comes down to that. Like having to like put the Oculus or the uh, Vive or whatever thing on your face mm-hmm. just makes it feel weird, unapproachable, uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's not something so, you can do anywhere. Whereas like you can literally like Snapchat right now with all their new AR based filters that they have. Yep. Like they do a really good job of like mapping your face and like following those things. Like because of their filters, you can do them anywhere and you don't have to put anything stupid on your face. You hold your yeah. phone up for a few seconds and you get this kind of AR type thing. That's yeah, so spot on. I got to say how crazy that we live in a world where the most popular advanced facial recognition software in the world is being used to put dog ears on people all day every day. All day every day, yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess for me like like any application that we see on this is going to be like a little underwhelming because I so one of the first versions of AR that I was introduced to was through the tablet, which I think is common for most people who work in the mm-hmm. area, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, I have to hold up the portal to the other world, like that's neat, and you can like look around. But then being interactive and having your typically using your hands for input devices or whatever, like that all requires additional setup. So I I get I get that it's not the actual like interactive like the interactivity which is cool here it's the platform right like it's now it's the available to for a lot, millions yeah. of people as opposed to like okay you actually have to go out of your way to you know get a leap motion and uh strap strap a webcam right. to a to a dk2 and then right like and build well, your right. own right. ar and it makes it a lot easier for the developer too right like if you're doing vr you have to build the entire environment like it's virtual yeah. reality it's not there's nothing there for you to work with. It's a blank space. With this one, yeah. like this is a pretty full-featured 3D model working in a, a real real space, and right. all you had to do was get the Tesla model for it. That's all it was required. Right. But this is like the same. I mean, I'll just 
like devil's advocate like this is the same thing that's been available for car- with like google cardboard for years now too right like literally can cardboard you can do like the see-through you with can cardboard do AR. yeah it really? uses the built-in camera yeah see everything i, I grabbed my google with, cardboard with everything I had but nobody does it. like everybody used was yeah. was that you had to strap it to your face and it was just but, like a cheap viewmaster yeah but like literally my viewmaster like my you know viewmaster vr like phone holder right mm-hmm. it it is a uh it is a clear piece of plastic on the end so you can actually do ar because that whole like literally that kit is based on you being able to see the fake reel the fake viewmaster reel which is a marker it's well, an I ar the, marker I have the official google cardboard right here and um you, it's just got like this grip, the, like the suction cut. There's no place for the camera to actually poke. Yeah, there. people cut holes in it when they build their own, or like a oh, lot yeah, of the right, third-party ones. Cardboard. Like my ViewMaster is see-through. Yeah, because it's cardboard. Yeah, <laughs> and so a lot of the apps are AR apps. Yeah. So anyway, like, and I'm not trying to like belittle the Apple achievement. Like they have a very ro- like a much more robust sure. kit. Like this is their actual release one. Cardboard is a right. playground, right? I get it. And I'm saying like that, all things that it, you're seeing are sort of like okay. I think maybe part of it was that you know for a long time VR had a pretty robust API to go with it, right? You could do an Oculus, PlayStation, whatever it was. There was, the tools existed to make it relatively easy. Um, and because, I, I mean, really, in the end, all of, it was just a matter of getting a screen that was small enough and light enough to put wear in your face relatively comfortably, but also having the sensors in place to take the place of, like, a gamepad. But otherwise, all the tools already existed to make these things, right? Like, Unreal basically just had to say, okay, now we're taking inputs from the Oculus. Mm-hmm. AR is a little bit different because it requires tracking the sensors and then applying that to the visual space. And so that requires a lot of like computer vision to make that happen. And so that just, the tools didn't exist for it to be really reliable and comfortable to use. I mean, we had Google or uh, uh, Pokemon go and that was technically AR, but it was like the AR was crappy because it, it wasn't tracking the ground or anything. It was never AR. You're just yeah. superimposing a, a GIF or right. a we, little we video loop on top of my type of stuff. And I think, I think the interesting right. thing about, like especially with with AR kit for Apple is that like AR or VR or any of these things right now felt very much focused on games. Like mm-hmm. that was kind of like obviously you know we've talked about this before like what what are the things that spawn technology and help technology grow? It's like what video games and porn, right? <laughs> like those are the two things that help help right. any type of technology grow. And and so they use video games as their way to build AR and VR, and now they're putting it into a more consumer level market, and people are finding interesting things to do with it. It's not just driving a Tesla or you know having a a dancing banana or dancing hot dog or whatever the Snapchat thing was in your living room. Now they can right. do things like the the tape measure things, which I'm sure you guys have seen with like I think it's called Measure Kit is one of the apps where <laughs> you can literally like that's a really can, like, good use of it. Point yes. it at it's a cool. corner of the room, tap on the screen, and then like yeah. trace a pattern around the room, and it will measure. And it's like within a couple centimeters accurate. So yeah. as if an you amateur it, it, it makes me sad to think about like somebody and, using that instead of a tape measure in the shop. Well, you're right, and like that that freaks me out. But but if you want to know like you know is this room. 12 feet or 20 feet like like i need a rough estimate of like how big this room is or can i get this thing through a door right like it's probably close enough that you can that would be so cool here that's a cool idea right you take a foot you you map out the object you map out the door and then you look through the ar and it does the motions to show you how to get it through there or like the stairwell or something that could be really cool i think the app you need is just called does it fit and then you say oh my god object to go object to fit through and then it will tell you the fits (laughs) yep Seriously. Uh, I can, but I can the, already see the 4chan poster. The, this make week. It quick. the question is: Does the does the object that the 
the the space that you're trying to go through does it expand at all? Because that that's well, hard to account all, for. Those AR. are you pay for so the upgrades. Those, those, those are in-app purchases. So you it take a picture of uh, the ultrasound image of your fetus, and then that's right. <laughs> Great. Um, um, surprisingly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's surprising is the term for it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Chase. Are you wearing a Settlers of Catan T-shirt? Uh, no, I'm not. But oh. it, it does look like it. No, it's Lion King. Oh, okay. That's very good. They're both very Super good. Super easily confused. <laughs> it does look like the Settlers yeah. logo. Yeah. Um, no, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do with AR. Um, I, I, one of the applications I saw on Polygon was this... Um, uh, basically super low budget 3d composited movie where instead of like doing green screen and all this fancy like image mapping and stuff like that to try to get this 3d model the a series of them to to be in the space they just used ar kit to map it to the space they were looking at and it, it looks i think a lot more realistic because the camera is clearly moving like it's, they're all handheld shots yeah and because right. it's all synced together it looks you know, you like you can tell it's fake and it's not quite perfect, yeah. but it looks a lot better than bad compositing would be with a still camera. Yeah, right. This is, I mean, like, again, like I saw people do that with Tango, like like four years ago. But the whole, like, I guess what I'm going to come to have to come to terms with grip or come to grip with here is uh, um, that the platform being available to more people is what allows it to have right. more, right? Like more potential. You're going to see more unique builds and use cases, right? But, right. right. And I was just yeah. hearing, I just heard something on uh, another podcast. I'll try to figure out which one it was and put the link in the, the show notes. But they, they were basically talking about Tango and how like it's it's what Apple's doing here is nothing remarkable or groundbreaking compared to what other you know which is okay, right? Like, but right. it's it's the fact that like iOS 11 came out and every iPhone that supported it, yeah became AR capable whereas there right. was so much in these other like in the Android ecosystem where it was like you had to have a certain device and it only worked in certain situations like there was all this other conditional stuff that made it yeah. not a mass market product and that's that's where this is like what's the tipping point for for so that's much just... technology and it, it, it like in this case it's Apple put it in your device and now apps are going to in- incorporate it in some manner like it's only a matter of time before Google Maps has an AR mode or right stuff like that. And not and only then, are they going to do that, they'll be able to do it trivially. Right. Right. And like that's and that's powerful, right? It's I yeah. mean, Apple's been doing this for a while, right? Like they did Touch ID. You know, that had all been out for years. Like the Palm Pre, right? right? Or not Palm Pre maybe, but they take it and they make it easy and reliable. Yes. And they yeah. do it they yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their, you know their the standard of quality is really high, right? That uh, the idea of putting it in Google Maps it, is really cool. They make it because, universal. Yeah, they make it universal, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, no, yeah. The idea of putting Google Maps is really cool because they already do this thing where you can go to places and do these time lapses. So they have a bunch of like satellite and street view images. They've been doing that for like a decade now, right? So you can look at 10 years, but they also have a bunch of historical photos of the same place. And it'll be really cool to like hold your phone up in a place that you are and then see uh, what like the history of that block used to be like. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, yeah. It's- and you can do the same thing too down in a city, right? Like, because before you had yeah. those star maps, and that was relatively yeah. easy to do because you used the compass and gyroscope to do. It. But now you can do that, like, with a city. You could point out a yeah. city and like learn. Here's the building. Here's all the facts about it. Yeah. They showed off this demo they did with MLB at bat, where you could be at a baseball game, sitting in the stands, hold your phone up, and see the the the, the stats of the players floating above their head. Like that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you're getting into like the reason that this is cool, in my opinion, right? Is that people are going to start toying with it. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to having the sidebar of entry and they don't toy with it, right? So now they just will toy with it and you'll start to see the use cases come up. This is exactly why I liked um, why I like The Division, the video game The Division, because that oh, game yeah. used all an AR interface in-game. So, like, it, in the same way you just said, like, it's like holding your phone up and seeing the stats over someone's head. It's like yeah. looking up on a street and it would tell you what the street name is, right, or whatever. Um, and I love these playgrounds because they start, they're, they're your test bed for figuring out what types of things are actually interesting to people and what type of mm-hmm. use cases work. So that way when we get our AR contact lenses, you know, you'll have all this stuff will be built and proved out right. already. The Division did some really cool stuff with AR because they had all these diegetic uh, maps and, and stuff like that in the game. Yeah, that's right. And it, it just made it really, I mean, it made the, the game really cool, but it was also like, oh, this is the sort of thing that is actually super useful to have in real life. And now this sort of things are starting to be rolled out. Like you yeah, can I potentially think, have those yeah. things in real life. Yeah, those con- that is it's the amount of it's the amount of dynamic slash contextual information that you're presented with. Like some of it is really useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can imagine any time that you take like any time you would pull out your phone to check something, there's probably an opportunity there for that to be like you know presented to you proactively. And then in a number of situations in which the cost of getting out your phone is too high, and so um, you may want to be presented with that information. Right. I don't know. It just seems like a good opportunity to sort of figure that stuff, that stuff out. So the MLB is a nice example. I think the craziest thing, it's someone, I think Ian brought this up, is the penetration of this now. Like, not only is it relatively polished, easy to access, but it also now exists on 700 million devices. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's not only is there, like, can you do it to a wide range of people, there's a, a reason to do it because it's cool and a ton of people are going to use and it. there's an install base. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean, this is like the connect problem, right? Like, Connect was starting oh, to do shame. cool things with motion, right? Like, mm-hmm. sure, it like didn't work perfectly for gaming or whatever, but you, like people weren't going to play with it either because the install base wasn't there. And as soon as they Microsoft decoupled the Connect from the Xbox, right, then the, all those developers went away. Boy, one of my fondest memories from college is playing with the Connect over at one of my friends' houses, and just like that was such a blast. It was so much, it was so fun, even when the novelty wore off, and then it sort of became a test of just like just like any other video game. Instead of using a controller, it was all about your dexterity with your body. So, so here's a an interesting um, twist to all of this that I've I've been thinking about since actually since they kind of previewed AR Kit in June at WWDC is at what point do we start to see apps that are collecting some of the visual data they're capturing while showing you things? Yeah. Uh, if so if Snapchat so, isn't doing it right now, they will be. But but th- like so, Google for example could be also capturing the visuals they're seeing while you're looking at the map and you could be contributing to street view yep Mm -hmm. they could use that Mm -hmm. information to see when businesses change or if there's a neighborhood they don't have google maps street view data of now they could glean some of that from ar stuff but then you could also see things like um you know a a malicious use of this somebody could capture information about the inside of your house if you're playing you know the the warhammer ar experience turns out you know it's also capturing your living room and now they know what stuff you have and then somebody shows up and all of a sudden your xbox and your connector gone could be yeah. worse than that too right you oh could God. point at a building and you could recognize the building and then pull up a floor plan and then show you it's like a heist movie where you made right yeah, yeah i know but like right. so actually there's a great story that i read in the book uh, burglar's guide to the city about I'm an sorry, incredibly man. prolific it's very good an incredibly prolific burglar in uh, turn of the century New York, 
And he was an architect and a civil engineer. And so he knew all the building codes and he got really, really adept at being able to read a building. So from the outside, he could identify the floor plan internally. Oh, yeah. And they'd figure out the best way to get in, where things were likely going to be, to break out, that kind of thing, without being caught. And it's, you know, the only reason he was any good at that was because he had the knowledge to do it. I mean, now it's easy, potentially, to create an app that would do that exact same thing for you. Right. Especially since, like, blueprints and all those sorts of things tend to be online. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I was also thinking about, there's this, do you guys hear about this, uh, they call it AI Gaydar? No. I do not know what that is. It was a machine vision paper that was like 70% accurate at identifying if somebody was gay or not just based on looking at their their face. Oh, just their face? Just their face. What's Um, the argument for that holding? Like, so when I hear things like that, I think... Sure, you could find those results, but what's the evidence that it should have worked, right? I, I, I have to. I, I thought I mean, the same I'm not thing. asking you like to defend their no. paper. I'm just like that's the thought I would have. Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I, have, I would be curious as like if you go to a heavily gay neighborhood, you know, you tested it out in a certain section of San Francisco. Oh well, it was seventy percent accurate. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's somewhat self-selecting, right? Like, so I, I had the same thoughts and I remember, so this Verge article does a pretty good job explaining how it works and, or, and how they did it. And I remember reading the paper thing and that's pretty good methodology. Basically they, it's like any machine vision sort of thing where you train it and then you test it. Um, yeah. but then they tested it with people who were gay and straight just to see without giving them any information about it after the, the algorithm was trained and it was very good at guessing it. Amazing. Uh, but the concern here is right. Like that is something you have We're a computer people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't really need that much processing power to do this kind of thing. Because all they yeah. were doing was looking at facial landmarks. Sure. So that's like, that's one application, but there's a million of them. And that, and facial information is not all that people will collect. Like I would have bought it if you said it was the whole body on your basing it off, like, like likelihood to wear particular, like types of clothing, brands of clothing, colors of clothing, like, or whatever, like all the, right. every feature of an external piece of information, you could take that and break it down into a number of things. So um, I would assume that your accuracy will only go up for an, any number of profiling things. So right. yeah, that seems super powerful. Like you start seeing businesses have, I mean, I'll laugh because you'll probably see this, but like, you'll see like an iPhone mounted to the wall, right? Or oh, whatever. Totally. Like, well, they already have those not, eye beacons, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, this is your point about it's, proliferation. Like now they're just yeah. use the phone, right? Right. Well, <laughs> you couple those together. Yeah. yeah. You get those minority report you, advertisements. Can, can well, you, can you, you could guys, also totally profile a customer as they walk into a store exactly that's the point yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. like you know their interests their their habits their patterns especially if it can recognize a face repeatedly you know what a certain type of person buys you know who comes in and doesn't buy anything you as a store owner you could have a little notification pop up on your point of sale terminal that says like this person spends a lot of money go help them this person doesn't like right. you'd have like it's intent a to buy. Yeah, exactly. You'd intend to buy amount of like you'd have like whatever their available funds would be, like lightly available funds. And if there are people who still work at uh, 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 in these future stores or if they even still exist, potentially you could match them up with somebody who has a similar like taste or personality or something like that to try to just work them a little bit you more, know, get more money out of them. As you opposed know, this to the like, robot cashier. No, this, right, or no, like this, the algorithm that recommends stuff for you already. Right. No, this is perfect, right? This is like a perfect exa- example of how this would work, right? Like, I imagine that you're in the mall, 
And you can imagine, like, I can imagine Sarah going into Nordstrom's or something, right? Like, someplace that would be able to, like, do this well. Mm-hmm. And they profile you, and they're like, oh, she's likely to buy, and she'll likely spend, you know, whatever. Let's say $50, $55 or something like that, right? right. Mm-hmm. And then the person who's, like, the attendant or whatever would, like, just as you mentioned, would come up to her and say, hey, what are you looking for today, right? And then based on like that it's the per- she has all this like assumed information about sarah and then potentially a profile like because they might even id oh, her like if she's opted right. into this program before if she's like in a loyalty program or something but I aside from that think just it's like an opt-in thing i think it's a no no that would be opt-in it would totally you, be you walk in the, the door and you have opted no. in. no 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 the profiling pro- general profiling is not opt-in but um your specific profile being attached to you based on facial that like that's going to be an opt-in thing um, you know it doesn't even have to be yours right you could just have like a pool of generic five or ten profiles for different people. exactly that's what i'm saying yeah. exactly so the generic one is not opt-in like they will profile they will profile you right anyway right. all i'm saying is like what this is going to do is not make better robots it's going to like have some store have like the best attendance and be like oh i love nordstrom's now right like mm-hmm. their personal touch is amazing but really it's the personal touch being powered by you know all this this technology it's it's a little like the facebook m argument that we've talked about previously like they're sort of concierges but they're tailored to you concierges Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all this gets me thinking about what future fashion is going to look like. Um, is it going to be sort of an arms race between people trying to get as much data out of you and like doing facial recognition and biometrics and that kind of thing. And then people having to protect themselves physically to avoid that from happening. Yeah. Um, those, have you seen those, those, uh, ski masks that are being sold online as like uh, facial recognition defense mechanism i have not seen so, that yeah, it's the black ski mask it, it was it's it was kind of the response to the uh <laughs> iphone 10 face id face thing ID. yeah that it it covers enough of your face that the face id won't work <laughs> that's pretty good yeah um i got a couple things here so there's this um this anti-paparazzi scarf which um yes is yes just Fucks it's retro reflectors and so you take a flash photo and it it completely overexposes your underexposes your image so you can't get anything there's also uh, Stealthware, which is this art product project by Adam Harvey, and it's all sort of stuff that is intentionally designed to make your thermal image look un- really inhuman, so IR cameras can't really pick up on you. Oh, yeah. And then there's this thing. Do you guys know what Dazzle Camo is? Nope. So Dazzle Camo. sounds fantastic. Should we guess first? Should we guess <laughs> yeah, first? Yeah, I, I would love. Please guess. I'm, so, uh, go in. Go. I, I'm guessing it's it's Camo, but it's it's like fish scaly. Okay. That that to me gonna, seems seems right. I immediately thought of uh, bejeweled, like whatever, bedazzled, bejeweled, God, bedazzled uh, camo clothing. Yeah, like, basically uh, fish scales. So like, okay, fish. I was thinking of jewels, but yeah, Ian's the closest. It's it's crazy. It's a type of camo that they used in ships during World oh, War I. Oh, I see this. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. Yes. Yeah, and uh, the idea is what is like, this called? Dazzle camo. Dazzle camo. So we're looking at a photo of black and white stripes to obscure the actual dimensions of an object. Um, current modern day Inc- automakers use this all the oh, time. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, like, use prototype so if cars. you see test, yeah, you see test. They're called mules. Like you see yeah. test cars or mules. This is always what they're covered with. Is these like anti-proportional sort of like weird things where it looks right. like a bunch of non like non-linear incorrect matching plates but the reality is it's just paint that makes it look wonky right so the idea is like it uh it's not about trying to blend into the background they, they use it especially during in naval combat where you like you stand up you over the horizon you can be seen right right, right. Yeah. it makes it really challenging to tell like what direction it's going like how far away yeah. it is yeah. and like right you said they use it in cars because it like obscures the lines and shape of something exactly so there's this thing called cv dazzle which is dazzle camo for your face to prevent a computer from being able to do facial recognition on you 
CV um, camo? CV stands for computer vision. CV dazzle. Is um, that... But, I mean... Okay, sorry. Go on. Go on. And it looks ridiculous. It kind of looks like crazy sci-fi costumes from like, like a silly movie. Uh, but I think the concept ridiculous. is really interesting. Some of these seem like fashion trends that I've actually seen, like... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> in movies. It's very yeah. fifth element looking. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it is. Um, and yeah, they work really interesting. by having patches of light and dark in your face that make a... Because the way that CV facial recognition works is by identifying, like, okay, there's a nose. Like, here's the shadow to associated to the nose and eyes and that kind of thing. And this just screws all that up by, like, applying new shadows to your face and stuff like that. Interesting. So yep. I like to imagine we're going to live in a, like a crazy future world where this sort of facial or this sort of thing becomes commonplace specifically. Yes. Yeah. You'll see, you'll like, you'd see like neighborhoods and areas of the city in, in which they would like have this built into the, in like the design, right? Right. This is like a uh, hostile architecture, but like for a different, for a digital defense. Right. 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 So, so we're you know, talking about design of, of actual physical spaces. Is, is this applied at all militarily? Like with bases, like say we have a military base in another country, do they do any of this kind of stuff to like throw off overhead visuals so they can't tell where something is on a base or what something is on a base? Kind of like the same idea of like if it can't recognize what something is, like we can't tell if that's a tank or a jet or a... <laughs> well, there, there's that fake city they built during World War II. I'm just, I'm just curious oh. if like... If the same concept applies to other things, I, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder, like, because for a lot of this stuff, the idea is that it's becoming cheap and widespread, so it's easy for anybody to implement, and that means you don't have really sophisticated technology to try to beat. I think when you talk of military stuff, now you were trying to worry about, like, you've got LIDAR, you've got radar, you've got ground-penetrating radar, you've got all these things that, like, allow you to image something uh, much more completely than just using That's an AR true. thing on your phone. Huh. Can you, um, so all iPhones are getting AR update, right? So they're using, they're using the webcam to do these different things. Um, but the X or 10, sorry, I just, yeah, the, 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 the iPhone that, yeah, the iPhone 10, the uh, iPhone of the future. What's the one? What's the one called that's got the connect built into it? Is that the that's, ten? That is the, the, the ten. That has the facial recognition stuff. That's the ten. <laughs> that has all the sensors. It. <laughs> well, it's, okay, it's true. Okay. It, it is it, like in it literally kind of a shape. Like yeah, no. cut out of the top. <laughs> no, I mean it literally is like the sensors. I mean, right? It's the same stuff. It just maps. Why couldn't Microsoft but, put it into a phone? Yeah, because <laughs> Microsoft can't make phones. Um, <laughs> I don't have a make, bell. They make great phones. The, pro- the problem is the Damn. ecosystem. Yeah, okay, that's no not. So separate separate conversations. Um, um, Nobody liked Metro anyway. Okay, I liked God. it. I thought it was cool. Hey, you know what? The let's let's keep going. I yeah. We can, you know what? Next show we can let's talk about design languages and design systems let's, and about picking a name for your design language that isn't already copyrighted by somebody. Okay, let, let's talk about it next time. There's a lot. <laughs> there's actually a lot that goes on there. Okay, um, okay. Uh, but the connect, right? The little like the the IR depth yes. sensor that's baked into the iPhone 10. That's that's only coming in that one model, correct? Like that is now the premium For now, model, correct? Because okay. it has like right. this crazy like IR dot projection matrix. That's what like it is. That. Yeah, that's all it is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's what a connect is. It's it's just oh, a really? bunch. Is that of, how the connect works? Yeah, it shoots out a million uh, IR lines uh, and it measures the depth of them and then it builds a mesh on it. That's exactly how it works. It's how Hololens works. It's how all of these depth tracking things work. Interesting. It's so yeah. smart. 
yeah, it was built in a basement like, you know, 20 years ago or something. Right. Like, and it was a massive computer and then they got it down to connect. And now the, you know, HoloLens is like a couple connects in the headset. So it actually has been brought down a lot mm-hmm. because that's exactly what it uses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's, and there's, a, I'm sure other, like other groups are using this like depth technology because this is how you do the 3D meshing really well. To your point, like they made that movie using the iPhone now, like um, how people made oh cheap versions of 3D models, you know, like yeah. 10 years ago was using Connect in the lab. Like we literally did this in the lab. So um, it's just fun to see it come again to scale. So there but was a my question- Pixar exhibit at the Science Museum and it turns out they do the same thing. You know, like they make those clay maquettes, mm-hmm. then they scan them in and that's the 3D model they use. Oh, that's awesome, right? So make yeah. a perfect clay, whatever. Yeah, and then right. you high-res, yeah. I mean, this is also how you do, um, this is how, this is the cheap way of doing nice track building for um, for racing simulators. You take laser and you walk the course and you measure every nook, like every... Walk it? Um, because it's going to get, yeah, you it's walk gonna, the course and it, you grab the... It builds exactly, a virtual footprint of That's exactly what it is, yes. Yeah, so you hold you on, get the correct on. banking and the correct the, the depths, you uh, get the, like, the divots uh, in the road, like sure, you want to okay. recreate it as perfectly right. as possible. So that's so, how you actually, that's how you build those. So like for racing games, I, I'm thinking like PC ones where you could potentially import and export different maps. Are there, like, is there a culture of racing on courses on specific days? Because presumably, like, it changes over time based on like weather and temperature and that kind of thing, right? So there's different there's different versions, and you'd like go to that like, but they're all new because this is all like within the last ten years or something. Sure. So there but I'm thinking like, like I prefer the, I really prefer running on like the Nuremberg Ring like. Uh, you know, on November twelfth, twenty fifteen, right. where I mean, somebody else really prefers the one that was taken last week. I mean, there, there um, people, people that do racing are into like you have to have the right weather conditions and the right, you know, right, right. Like because that, that doesn't, it's change, more, it's that doesn't more, change the track, the track. It's, much. it's more about how the car performs in that instance that's, than it does that's the track. Actually, because like yeah. yes, today there today there was a rock here versus tomorrow there's not a rock here because a car hit it and moved the rock. Like that's not overly relevant to the overall experience and my guess is it's probably fussier than it's worth but to have what a track mean? that's 98 percent perfectly matched or yeah. even 95 percent perfectly matched is probably right. more than significant in a game and and it's all using essentially this this ar and yeah uh virtual dot projection thing whatever they call that ir dot projection that matrix yeah, to matrix. to build yeah. a virtual a virtual replica of yeah. a real thing yeah, so and then to like to fill it out. Um, so for like weather is about contact performance. It's how your tires handle the road. But the track itself, um, like building the laser mesh of the track and doing it, that's like the right way to do it. Aside from actually like like just building a fake track and whatever, mm-hmm. but to actually get the real one, the laser mesh is like the best way to do it. Currently, the other ways that people have done it in the past, like when you played Gran Turismo or whatever, that was just taking a GPS and walking the boundaries. And then you use the boundaries to fill, and then you like interpolate the lines between. So you might like walk, you know, the outer edge, the middle, and the right edge, or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you'd like smooth the smooth the lines, and you build the track. The nice way to do it is to actually laser the whole thing, and you know, use a connect on the whole thing type bit. Yeah. So there's some really high quality maps. And to your point, like with uh, PC, yeah, there are definitely different tracks of different qualities. Right. Um, the big modding. Uh, communities around R Factor Two is the game where, like that, you can actually have people build tracks, and they've used every type of track building technique to do that. Like, there's some mm-hmm. that people just build on their own. There's some that people walk the GPS, blah blah blah. Um, and then you have something like iRacing or Forza, or probably presumably the New Gran Turismo, where they actually do the, you know, they do a combination of all of them. Right. I was thinking less about like quality and more about like assuming they're all equal quality. Just like the minor variations might lead somebody to prefer one over the other. Oh, that can be true, but there's huge differences in quality, actually. Sure, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't regardless, there's just there's cool applications of this, like you know, 
movies to mapping real life things to getting tracking information. Yeah, I mean, you've got this built-in 3D scanner in your phone now. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I'll, seems so, useful. So, but like the normal iPhones can't do this, then, right? Like you're not doing any of this. Correct. They yeah. the if you have an iPhone seven plus or the new eight plus, um, they can do is a very like oh they do they do uh, some depth stuff because they have the dual yeah. camera system yeah but not um, the, not facial recognition no 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 for, um, but but, but they can start just like some this, of this like portrait more, photography stuff right but they can also use that for more accurate AR stuff uh, but even like I think anything that supports iOS 11 can do some level of AR stuff with some level of accuracy mm-hmm. so it's it'll be interesting to see kind of how it it grows and expands but I, I think it's you know, it's the first time that you've seen a technology, or that at least for me, that I've seen a technology like, you know, any of these supplement to reality experiences where it actually starts to seem like something consumers would actually care about. Supplemented reality. Almost as if there was a term for that. Like, like reality, but like something adding to it, like enhancing it, like... um augmenting your reality right. but I, i'm, I'm saying else. i'm saying both ar or vr so like it's the first time i've seen anything that does something to reality whether it's augmenting or virtually recreating like yeah it's the first time that shitty. either of those have seen it seemed at all feasible or realistic to me right so talking about apple and this their their new tools that portrait lighting stuff that they showed off is unbelievable absolutely um it looks incredibly good and they're i mean they're right it really it does look i mean you can see a little bit it looks a little stranger on the edges but like i read an article a while back talking about how their prediction was that apple's plan for the iphone is not to beat point and shoot cameras or any or even become the universal camera their aim with the iphone is to beat dslrs at their own game and they're going to do that not through better imaging or sensors or anything like that the plan is to do it through um uh uh, uh it's just software like having better software right like it doesn't right. if you can get a, a pretty high quality image to the sensor which they've been able to do for years right you can do a lot of work on it with software afterwards to make it incredible and they've already they're really i think starting to come into their own in that process i yeah. bet and I, so I, I've the portrait lighting the portrait mode all these sorts of things are just unbelievable i've heard very similar things that that the you know most people look at it and they're like Apple's trying to make a game console like the iPhone's a game console the iPhone's a a communications device like yes it's all of these things but when you look at like the long game and kind mm-hmm. of like where their major advance advancements have happened it's been in the software and the camera area and that yeah. they get better and better and better and I also you know to your point about the the portrait lighting thing and you know does it look good because it can it be rough around the edges if the photo is staged well or positioned well mm-hmm. and has some of that portraity effect already you know a little bit of depth of field because you have good separation and everything else right it's right. spot on it's only right. when you try to create a portrait out of a, a situation of photographic you know scenario right. that's that's not ideal for the the length of the lens that it starts to look a little jankier on the edges. So I think if you if you were in a situation where you're trying to take a picture of someone or something mm-hmm. and have that effect and you switch on portrait lighting and you already have some of that effect happening happening naturally through optics, mm-hmm. it's going to look incredible. So there's a TechCrunch review where they do some portrait 
the the augmented okay, portrait lighting photography with it and it's just like the, the example here is a woman in a marketplace and they, they've got really good separation of her from the background um and then the lighting effects look really good i mean there's subtle differences they look really realistic they don't look over the top at all um it's really impressive stuff and i think there's a lot to be said about using this technology like the big stuff is ar and vr that kind of thing but using it really right. subtly to do things like this right so you know what I you know what I heard in there is that Apple's good at getting developers on board. <laughs> well, they I mean, can right because they have the market right, they, share for it. Yeah, there's exactly certainly right? that, and yeah. I think they're they're as much as I you know looking at developers uh, that I follow on Twitter and stuff like that, how much they like to bitch about Xcode and problems with developing apps and the little bugs here and there. Like Apple has made it super easy to tie into so many of these technologies. Yeah with a string of code and like once like, you wrap your head around it it's so right. crazy how you can like, do like really powerful things can, with literally one line you, of code right you you can literally import the entire camera kit in in one string and all of a sudden you get access to all of the depth sensing that happens in the dual yeah. lens systems you get access to the you know just it's it's ridiculous when i was still coding with uh uh, uh coco and stuff like that there i was just trying to figure out how to identify uh parts of speech in a sentence which is not a trivial problem to solve in english it's really quite complicated and there's a lot of academic work that's gone into it and stuff like that and so i was just looking through the documents and i found you can get access to the siri backend the part of it that looks for parts of speech in words and just drop it in any application you have it was literally three lines of code it was give me that thing here's the words i'm looking for export what i'm looking for into a list and that was all it took and it was spot on it was just it was incredible yeah and and some of that now has gotten even better when you have you know their uh, core ML machine learning platform right. behind all of it. I mean, I saw a thing yesterday that was, um, and I'll, I'll find this for the show notes because I think it's it's wild. But you you a combination of core ML and um, the AR kit stuff. You point your phone at a, a Sudoku Sudoku, mm-hmm. however you say that. Oh my God, is it solving? And, and it, it like without even without taking a picture or anything else, you just point at it and it shows you the solution. And it's ah, like very cool. a matter of seconds to solve it. And they they go through like three or four yes. of these where they're just like boom, 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 solved. And I'm like, that's that's wild because you're just the amount of input it's processing. And it's all the things it's identifying. And it's like, it's the combination of all these tools that make it really powerful again, which is why right. I think that they're at a point now where this platform that they've built actually feels like something that has life and longevity and will be something that people actually really get on board with. And it's the first time that I've really felt that way because yeah. <laughs> something as simple as I want to check my Sudoku. <laughs> Boom. It's hard for us to do it, but it's not really a challenging problem to solve, right? It's just pattern recognition. And so I feel like a computer can do it pretty damn quick. Right. So. Anyway. Well, AR. that's neat. Apple's neat. AR oh, it's a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, so to, I, we can talk about it. Apple is neat, but there's, they're doing a lot. Like, now it's widespread and you can do a lot more with it. Yeah, no, I'm not. I shouldn't. I, I don't mean it as a mean thing. Like, Apple. They, just, they do this well. They do this well, right? Like, no, this is, this is like their superpower is to take take things that exist that are cool and neat and then they mm-hmm. polish them and make them very reliable and then disseminate them to a large install base like that is mm-hmm. what they've done really well no argument right um the other thing that like is worth like repeating is that ar is the future not vr vr is a 
has cool use cases, dead has its technology. place. <clears throat> it's not a dead end technology. There's definitely some use cases, right? But the <laughs> AR is definitely the you know the the bigger thing because more because, practical thing. Because again, AR doesn't require you to strap a box to your face, and VR does. Yep. I mean, I think eventually you'll have the same thing. You'll have contact lenses that can do either, right? Because it's going to be the same platform. But there's but, there's some situations in which entering a full environment will be beneficial versus having um, superimposed environmental details. So, And you know what's really great about AR versus VR? I think this is the real winner for me in terms of just like usability and stuff like that. It doesn't require you to turn your phone to landscape mode. <laughs> Shit. You can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 58. Portrait. <laughs> While you're there, uh, you can find all the ways to get in touch with us, find links to our Reddit to discuss the episode, and tell us all the AR apps that you really love. And we'll be back some Monday in the future. And other Mondays in the future. <laughs> We'll be back. That, that's, that's probably the better way to say. <laughs> Just we'll be back. Let's, let's try that again. Hey, thanks for listening. Wait, See you I, again. Hold on. I just heard Chase turn his chair around and sit in it like a guidance counselor. Hey. <laughs> let's try that again. Hey, let's like try that again. Guidance I feel like I feel like I'm not talking to the real interface audience here. Wait, what's going on? You could talk to me. Let's wrap. <laughs> you seem a little distant lately. <laughs> You said let's rap, and I didn't know if you meant rap w r a p or rap r a p. Let's, let's assume rhyme. let's assume he meant r a p. What would you do? Sorry, just to just to you know flesh it all out. Uh, I, I need a sick beat. Mom spaghetti. <laughs> my name's Ian Fuchs, and I'm here to say oh I'm God. here to say in a major way. This is the end of the show today. What? <laughs>